kicked, we kicked off a series two weeks ago called God of the Underdogs. And we're looking at different underdog characters in the Bible because here's the premise. I believe most of us are underdogs. And I believe we need to learn how to overcome our underdog situation so that we can be used greatly by the Lord. And I want us, to, uh, we've looked at, 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 Rudy was a guest with us last week, the week before that I preached on Gideon. Next week, we're going to look at Nehemiah. The next week, we're going to look at Noah. And then we're just going to continue throughout the, the month of October to look at some other biblical characters who are underdogs so that we can receive strength from the Lord, inspiration, and achieve our God-given destiny. You know what? Sometimes in life, we can become an underdog because of a bad decision. Isn't it true that one, one bad decision can cause you to have a huge setback in life? One bad decision in your marriage, one, one bad decision in your dating relationship, one bad decision in your business, one bad decision in your finances, one bad decision in your career, one bad decision in your parenting, one da- bad decision in a friendship, one bad decision can cause you to have a huge setback. And that setback can cause your life to begin to unravel one bad decision. Some of you right now, you're thinking about a bad decision that you made that has caused your life to have a setback in the past. Some of you are thinking about a friend or somebody that you know that has had and made a bad decision and has, a set, has had a setback in life over one bad decision. And in the Bible, there's a man named Moses who had a bright future ahead of him. The Bible lets us know that Moses, an Israelite, grew up in an Egyptian's home, and not just any Egyptian. Moses grew up in Pharaoh's palace. Moses grew up in the king's court. He ate the finest food. He received the finest of education that was offered in the land that day. Moses had the finest connections. He was well connected throughout the country because he grew up in Pharaoh's house. It appeared that Moses was destined for greatness. He was a rising, shining, bright star in Egypt. And God had placed his hands on Moses' life. And, and Moses felt this call from the Lord to deliver the nation of Israel out of Egyptian bondage, out of slavery. And, and Moses got ahead of God. He took matters into his own hands. And Moses killed an Egyptian. One bad decision. And the Bible says because Moses killed an Egyptian, now the Egyptians want to kill Moses. And because Moses made one bad decision, now he's fleeing for his life. And he ends up in a foreign land named Midian. And and 40 years has passed. And it appears that the dream will never happen. Forty years has passed since Moses has made that mistake. And it appears that Moses' best years are behind him. I mean, he was 40 when the mistake happened. Now he's 80. It appears that that the dream will never be able to happen. 
But I love the story of Moses the underdog because Moses made one of the most incredible comebacks in history. Moses came back and, and Moses was used in a mighty way. And I want to encourage you today. You may have had some setbacks. You may have messed up. Your life may have unraveled. It may be unraveling now. But I want you to know that we serve a God of the underdogs. We serve a God that specializes in comebacks. And I want to talk to you today about how to make a comeback. And you say, well, pastor, I don't know if I really need this message today. All is well in my life. Well, listen, tuck this message away because you're going to make a mistake one day. And you're going to have a setback. And you're going to need to know, how do I make a comeback when I have had an incredible setback? Let's look at that together today. I want to give you four keys to a comeback. Four keys to <clears throat> a comeback. Number one is this. You got to remember God knows where you are. God knows where you are. I want to study today Exodus chapter 3 if you have a Bible with you, if you have an, a smartphone with a Bible app on it. Let's look at Exodus chapter 3 today. Let's pick up in that very first verse. It says, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire. It did not burn up. It was on fire but did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight while the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Check this out. Moses, the criminal who had murdered a man 40 years earlier, was living in this foreign land called Midian. He, he had been a lowly shepherd as an occupation for his father-in-law the last 40 years on the backside of the desert. And though 40 years has passed since Moses made his huge mistake, I want you to notice that God had not forgotten about Moses. It's interesting to me that God knows exactly where Moses was at the time. He knows exactly where that guy is. And you know what I love about God? God doesn't just know where Moses is. You know what else God does? God lets Moses know, I know exactly who you are. And notice, God calls his name. He wasn't confused. God didn't say, Timmy, Timmy. He didn't go, you look like Jimmy, Jimmy. No, 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 no. God knows exactly. He says, Moses, Moses, you've blown it. You made a mistake. It's been 40 years, but I know exactly where you are, and I know you by name. I've come here to encourage somebody today. I want you to know you've messed up. You've had a setback. You may be on the backside of the desert. You may not like where you are in life. But I want you to know that your God, your heavenly father, knows exactly where you are. He knows you by name. He knows your situation. And because God knows, don't miss this, because God knows where you are, failure is not final. You'd be in trouble if God didn't know where you were. But God knows exactly where you are today. And so failure is not final don't you dare put a period where God put a period where God just put a comma 
It's just a comma. Your life's going to go on, but you're trying to put a period and say it's not going to happen. It's not going to come to pass. But listen, don't put a period where God's put a comma. Failure is not final because God knows exactly where you are. And some of you feel like Moses on the backside of the desert, and you're thinking to yourself, I've made too big a mistake. You don't understand. It's, it's, it's too late for God to use me. You have no idea, Pastor, about what I did. What I did was horrific. There's no way I can make a comeback. And I want you to know today, God knows where you are, and God is a God of the underdogs. God is a God of second chances. God is a God of the comeback. He knows where you are. So failure is not final. There's a second key to a comeback. Number two is this, a second key. All my note takers, come on, write this down, write this down, write this down. A second key to a comeback is you need to have an encounter with God. You need to have an encounter with God. Moses had an amazing encounter with God. Matter of fact, let me remind you of what I read to you a few moments ago. The scripture says this about Moses' encounter. The Bible says that Moses was in the backside of the desert and a bush caught on fire. But the amazing thing wasn't the bush was on fire. The amazing thing, the bush was burning, but it wasn't burning up. Can you imagine seeing a bush burning, a tree burning, a structure burning, but it's not burning up? And Moses is looking at this structure that is burning, but it is not burning up. And it's like, whoa, this is interesting. And then an angel, an angel is in the fire. The angel is the fire. I mean, can you imagine an angel in the fire? How I many of us encounter right there, man? A bush that's burning, it's not burning up, and there's an angel in there. What's up? That's an encounter right there. And then on top of all of that, the Bible says this. The Bible says that in the fire, there's this bush burning, not burning up. A voice comes out of that fire. It's God. And God says, Moses Moses, how many of you know that will wig you out if a bush starts talking to you? You know what I'm saying? Moses, Moses, and Moses has an incredible encounter with God. And I want you to understand this. It's so important that you grasp this. One of the keys, major keys to having a comeback is you need to have an encounter with God. I've experienced this in my own life. Can I tell you this, church? One encounter with God can change everything. One encounter. One encounter can change everything in your life. I've been there. I've experienced what Moses experienced. I've had a couple of times in my life where I've had an encounter with God that changed the entire trajectory of my life. It changed the entire course of my life. One encounter with God. One of those encounters was when God called Tiffany and I to start a church. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget April of 2001. Never forget it. I was traveling as a full-time speaker, full-time evangelist, and preaching in different churches and events and camps and youth conventions. I was traveling, and, and, and the Lord was blessing our ministry. And Tiffany and I, we had no desire to ever pastor. It was not even in our framework. It was not even in our thinking to ever pastor, ever. We, we were enjoying what we were doing. And as I was driving April of 2001 on I-44 in Tulsa back to Missouri to where we lived, I was still in the Tulsa city limits. I had just preached at a church. I was getting in my car that night and headed home. I had not left Tulsa city limits. And literally, literally, 
It was like Moses. The front of the car, just a fire, a fire. And there was an angel that appeared in that fire. I'll never forget this. And the angel said to me, Herbie, Herbie. At that moment, I thought, Herbie Hancock? <laughs> okay, I'm just playing. There wasn't no fire. Come on. Nah, that, that, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. Somebody like, Pastor is bad. That dude be getting fire and angels. That's my pastor. That didn't happen, y'all. That didn't happen. So I'm not that spiritual. But I did have an encounter with God that day. There was no fire. There was no angel. There was no voice. But the presence of the Lord came in that car that night. And I'll never forget. I had an encounter with God that night. And God spoke so clearly to me, Herbert, I'm calling you and Tiffany to start a church. And it wasn't even in my thinking, Herbert, I'm calling you and Tiffany to start a church. I'll never forget. And can I tell you, it's been over 11 and a half years ago since people's church started. And can I tell you what's held me through some dark days, what held me through some difficult days, some underdog days, if this church is going to really make it running 65 people, 40 people, 50 people, is it going to really happen? Can I tell you what has held, held, called me to hold on is I'll never forget, I had an encounter with God and God called me to start this church called People's Church. It's kept me through some dark days and encounter with God changed the entire course of our life. Can I tell you, one encounter with God can change your entire life. I want you to see this encounter Moses had. I want you to see what happens in this encounter. In Exodus chapter 3 and verse number 5, so Moses God just spoke to him through a burning bush. Moses, Moses, Moses says, here I am. And then we pick up in verse 5. God says, don't come, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. If all my note takers write this down, this is so important. This is so important. When you have an encounter with God, you know what will happen? It will reassure you of who God is, of who God is. You see, when you messed up, when you made a mistake, when you've had a setback, can I tell you what can happen? It can begin to obscure your thinking about God. Here you are on the backside of the desert, you're thinking, why am I here? Why is this going on? How long is this going to last? Where is God anyway? And you know what God does? The first thing that God does when Moses has this encounter with God, God reassures Moses, Moses, I'm still God. I know you're on the backside of this desert and you're wondering what's going on. You're wondering where I am. But Moses, I want you to know I'm still God and I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Jacob. I'm the, listen, I am God and God all by myself. Don't get confused. Don't get your thinking all clouded. Don't get messed up in your thinking about me. I am still God. And what some of you need to know in the back, on the back side of the desert that you're experiencing in, in this season that you're in, as you're in this season and you don't even like what you're going, through. I want you to know in the middle of your setback, God is still God. And in an encounter with God, he'll reassure you, I'm still God. I know you're on the backside of the desert. I know you've been here for, 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 for 40 years, but Moses, I'm God. God was, when I say that to you, I'm God. And I'm still God. I'm, I'm a God. I'm still a loving God. I'm still a kind God. I'm still a righteous God. I'm still a holy God. You have an encounter with God. God is still a good God. You may not like your desert experience, but he's still a good God. And more than anything else, God is still in control. But it's been 40 years. I'm still in control. 
I'm God. I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. I'm the God of Jacob. I'm still God in the middle of your valley experience. And the scripture goes on to say in verse number six, at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. It was such a mighty encounter. He didn't want to look at God. Verse seven, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned. Come on, everybody shout, concerned. I want you to check that out. God says, I am concerned about their suffering. Write this down, write this down. When you have an encounter with God, it will reassure you that God cares, that God cares. And God says to Moses, Moses, I'm concerned. You see, when you've messed up, when you've blown it, when you're on the backside of the desert, you know what begins to happen? You begin to wonder if God really cares. God, do you care that I've been here for 40 years on the backside of the desert watching sheep? I got the finest education in the land. And I'm watching sheep. I grew up in the king's palace. And I'm watching sheep. Look at your people, Israel. They've been in slavery for over 400 years. Do you care? And when Moses has this encounter with God, God reassures Moses, Moses, I care. I'm concerned about my people. I'm concerned about you. And what some of you need is an encounter with your heavenly father because you're wondering because of your mistake, because of your season that you're experiencing in life, because you're on the backside of the desert. You're wondering if God cares and God cares for you. He cares about what you're going through. God sees the tears that you cry in the midnight hour. God cares about you. And when you have an encounter with God, God will let you know, I care about you. Verse number eight, it goes on to say this. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Parasites, Hivites, and Jebusites, and all of them ites. How I many know what I'm talking about? Write this down. Write this down. An encounter with God will reassure you that God has a plan. Can I tell you what happens to Moses? 40 years on the backside of the desert, God shows up. And you know what God says to Moses? Moses, I got a plan. You know my people that have been in bondage for 400 years, and you're wondering if I even care. I know they're in bondage, and I care. You know what I'm going to do, Moses? I got a plan. I'm going to rescue my people, and I'm going to bring them out from that bondage. You know what I'm going to do for, for my people? Moses, I'm going to bring them into a spacious land flowing with milk and honey. Moses, I have got a plan. And some of you are wondering in life, does God have a plan? Look at what I've been through. Look at what I've done. Look at how bad I messed up. Look how bad I failed. I want you to know God has a plan for your life. And when you have an encounter with your heavenly father he'll speak to you in the backside of the desert watching sheep and he'll let you know i still got a plan don't you doubt it don't you doubt it i still have a plan for your life and for my people i want you to see what else happens in this story in verse number nine the scripture says and now the cry of the israelites has reached me and i have seen the way the egyptians are oppressing them so now go I am sending you, Moses, to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Write this down. An encounter will give you fresh direction for your life. 
fresh direction. And now Moses, he's been on the backside of the desert 40 years watching sheep. And all of a sudden, this one encounter of God, he gets fresh direction. Moses, go back to Egypt. Go back and set my people free. Go back and confront Pharaoh. One encounter of God. And Moses has fresh direction for his life. I experienced that in April of 2001, driving down an interstate, having an encounter with God, and it changed the whole direction and course of our life because one encounter with God can change everything. And what some of you need from God is fresh direction. You need an encounter with God because you need fresh direction for your marriage. You need fresh direction for your life. You need fresh direction for that dating relationship. You need fresh direction for your career. You need fresh direction for your finances. You need fresh direction for your kids. Some of you, what you desperately need is fresh direction from your heavenly Father. And listen, an encounter with God will give you fresh direction. Pursue God. Chase after God. Press into God. Seek God with all your heart. Because one encounter with God can change everything. Number three is this. Number three is this. A third key to a comeback is be faithful during the silent season. Be faithful during the silent season. After Moses made his huge mistake and killed the man, and he fled to Midian, the interesting thing is this. Scripture doesn't record God saying anything to Moses, nothing to Moses for 40 years. Moses went through 40 years of silence. I cannot imagine. I can't even fathom all that Moses was feeling as he was going through 40 years of silence. The crazy thoughts he must have thought. The guilt and the condemnation he was carrying because I did that 40 years ago and look where it got me. I can't believe where I'm at. I mean, 40 years of feeling hopeless. I mean, 40 years, hopeless moments. God, I've got the finest education. I grew up in the king's palace. I was well connected and now I'm on the backside of the desert. 40, I can understand one year of this. I can understand two years of this. I maybe could understand five years of this. Maybe, God, I can understand taking care of these sheep for a decade. But four decades? Four decades? Of silence. And what I love about Moses is Moses was faithful during the silent seasons. When you study his life, Moses was a faithful husband. Moses was being a faithful father. Moses was being faithful to work hard at his occupation. He may not have loved it, but he was being faithful. And matter of fact, matter of fact, this is very interesting. When God shows up and speaks to Moses, Moses wasn't at home relaxing. No, Moses was out working hard and been faithful taking care of those sheep. And God shows up in Moses' faithfulness and speaks to Moses and gives him a new fresh direction and plan for his life while Moses has just been faithful to work hard. You know what happens to so many people? So many people when they experience a failure, so many people when they experience a setback, they quit. They quit. They stop being faithful. When people experience a setback and they don't like what's happening in life, they, they quit. They, they quit believing God. They, they quit dreaming. They, 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 quit, they quit working hard. They quit doing the right thing. They just, they quit. 
And some of you, I realize this, some of you are going through a silent season in your life. I want to encourage you today, do not quit. Stay faithful during the silent season. Don't quit serving God. Don't quit praying. Don't quit reading your Bible. Don't quit worshiping. Don't quit going to church. Don't quit tithing and giving offerings. Don't quit working hard at your job. Don't quit being a faithful spouse. Don't quit taking care of your kids. Don't quit being being a good student at school. Don't quit during silent seasons. You got to be faithful because oftentimes... God shows up in silent seasons when we're just being faithful to do what we know to do. And Moses is taking care of those sheep and just being faithful to do what he knows to do in a silent season. And God shows up in a burning bush and gives him a major encounter that alters his life. People's church understand this. God is working on you. God is working in you. And God is working around you during silent seasons. Sometimes we think, what's God? God, you're not doing anything these last 40 years. No, 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 no. God's working in you. He's working on you. He's working around you in those, in those silent seasons. The writer of Philippians chapter 1 says it like this in verse 6, being confident of this. And some of you, you need to be confident because you've been wavering. You've been doubting. Is God still in control? Does God still have a plan? Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. The same God that started that work in you will bring it to completion. That same God, Moses, that started that work in you over 40 years ago. He has not forgotten about you, Moses. He's been working in you. He's been working on you. He's been working around you to bring that work to completion. God hadn't brought you this far to leave you, sir. Ma'am, God hadn't put all that stuff inside of you to abandon you. Listen, God has a plan and a purpose. you got to be faithful during the silent Seasons, when you're messing with sheep and getting sheep poo-poo on your shoes and you hate your job and you don't like the season and it's been a long time, you got to be faithful during silent seasons. Number four is this, number four is this, number four is this. The fourth key to a comeback, this is huge. You need to know that your comeback is important to God. It's important to God. Here's what people think. Well, my comeback's important to me. But let me tell you something. Your comeback's just not important to you. Your comeback is important to your Heavenly Father. You see, because God is a God of the underdogs. He loves to extend his grace. He loves to extend his mercy. He loves to extend his forgiveness to people who have messed up big time. God loves to take an underdog who's had a setback and turn it around for a comeback. God loves to take an underdog who's created a big mess and take their mess and turn it into a message. God loves to take our misery and turn it into a ministry. God loves working with underdogs. Can I tell you, God specializes with underdogs. Can I tell you something about our Heavenly Father? When he got ready to choose somebody to deliver Israel out of that 400 years of bondage, there were literally thousands upon thousands upon hundreds of thousands of people that he could have chosen. 
Matter of fact, there were people right there in Egypt. It was inconvenient to go to another land. I mean, all of his people were already there in Egypt, and there were leaders there. There were people that were qualified to do it. There were people that had the experience to lead the people out. But when God got ready to choose somebody to lead his people out of Egypt, God said, I hadn't forgotten about Moses. I know right where that boy is. And God goes to Midian to a murderer, to a criminal, to an underdog, and says, listen, criminal, I have not forgotten about you. That same work I began in you over 40 years ago, I'm going to bring it to completion. And God chose an underdog, and he used his messed up story so God could get all the glory. And God used an underdog because God, he, he, our comeback is important to God. Moses thought his comeback was just important to him, but his, his, his comeback was important to his heavenly father. I want you to say a second thought here, and that is this. Your comeback is also important to God because God wants to use you, use you. Not just me. He wants to use you to see more changed lives. I want you to notice this in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 9 and 10. It says, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. And God says, I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh. What, God? Not me. I've. I've killed a man. No, 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 Moses. I'm sending you. But God, no, God. I've been taking care of sheep the last 40 years. I know, but, but I'm sending you. No, 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 God. I'm, my, my mistake's way, it's, it's way too big, God. What, what will the Israelites think if I show back up? I know, I know, but, but, I'm, but I'm sending. I'm sending you to Pharaoh. Why? To bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Moses, I'm going to use you to see more changed lives. I want to say something to people in this place today. This is for somebody today. Would you stop disqualifying yourself because you made a big mistake? Would you stop thinking you got to stay on the sideline because you've blown it? Would you stop saying God can't use me because I've messed up too bad? Here's what I'm confident of. I'm 100% confident of this. God's not done with you. God's not done with you. God still wants to use you. You say, Pastor, how can you be 100% confident of that? Here's how I'm 100%. You can come argue with me after church. I'm going to win the argument because I'm 100% confident. See, Pastor, how are you 100% confident that God still wants to use me after I've messed up, after I've blown it? Look at what I've done. Look at how I've messed up. Look at how I've blown it big time. How do you know God wants to st you still use me? Because you're still breathing. And because there's still breath in your body, it lets me know that God is not done with you. Listen to me. If your mistake disqualified you and God couldn't use you anymore, as soon as you messed up and God said, well, I'm done with you, you'd be dead. But the fact that you're still living when there are literally thousands of people who died this past week and they're in the cemetery right now. And the reason that you're still breathing lets me know God's not done with you right now. The reason I know because blood is still running warm through your brain, through your body, through your veins. Your, your mind is still working. God is not done with you. He's a God of the underdog. He's a God of the comeback. Don't you stop. Don't you quit. Don't you stay on the sideline. Don't you quit. Just quit. Stop disqualifying yourself. God wants to use your messed up story. And turn it around where he'll get all the glory. He's a God of the comeback.